So if you in a relationship where that's not the case, then you don't truly love them. Because love is not a conditional. Love is unconditional. You cannot love someone and put parameters on it. I love you if I love you when. You can't do that. Because love is an unconditional concept and you cannot just grab love and try and make it into a conditional concept. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Welcome back to the What's Up and What's Next podcast, the greatest podcast of all times. Hope everyone's doing okay. Hope you're feeling okay. Hope you're having a beautiful day. Hope you're having a beautiful week. I am feeling energized today. I've gone gym in the morning and I'm just feeling very, very pumped and I'm recording this episode in the morning and normally I tend to record them in the afternoon. So I'm feeling very energized right now. So I hope I can send some good energy your way. First of all, I wanted to say thank you. As always, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Thank you for listening to the episodes. Thank you for giving me your time and your energy. It never, ever, ever goes unnoticed. Thank you. Hit the follow button, hit the subscribe, leave us a review. I mean, this genuinely takes a couple of seconds and it genuinely helps the podcast grow so, so much. Thank you. Today's episode is an interesting one. I want to explore questions that you should be asking yourself to evaluate if the relationship that you have at the moment is the right one for you. And some of those questions might make you think, some of them might not, some of them might be straightforward and obvious, others might require a bit of thinking, but they will help you assess how you feel about your partner and your relationship. Now, before that, I do want to give you a quick reflection that I've been pondering on recently. As I always do, I like to start the episodes recently. I've been in this high-end energy where I want to express a bit more my reflections before I dive into the episode. So that's exactly what we're going to do today. I have been thinking about this concept, which is, I don't know if you have heard of this book called, I think the book is called Unfair Advantage. I believe it's called Unfair Advantage. I, if, if it's not called that, then I'm, I'm, you know, I apologize. But the concept Unfair Advantage is definitely one that was written in this book by a certain author that I cannot remember the name. Again, apologies for that. But the whole concept of it is that everyone has an unfair advantage. And first time I've heard this one, I, I didn't really resonate with it. Or maybe not that I didn't resonate Perhaps I did resonate with it, but I didn't agree with the terminology. And maybe this is just me getting caught out in the semantics game, but I just felt like for us to determine something to be an unfair advantage seems unfair in and of itself because everyone has them. Therefore, 
is it really an unfair advantage if everyone has unfair advantages? Isn't that then fair advantages because everyone has unfair advantages? <laughs> Does that make sense? Probably didn't make any sense, but in my head it did. And this was kind of the, when I first heard about it, I was kind of like, well, I don't really agree with the semantics. And I think later on, I kind of realized, okay, even though it's for me just about semantics, I understand the concept. And the concept, again, going back to it is, everyone has an unfair advantage. And the reason why it's important to identify it is not so you can brag about it, but more so so that you can capitalize on it. For example, I'm just going to give you examples that come to my mind. If you are trying to become a singer and your dad is a musician, then that's your unfair advantage, right? You're trying to become a singer and your dad is a musician. That's your unfair advantage because you get to learn from someone who is literally your family, who can literally guide you in that path. A lot of other people whose dads and moms are not musicians don't have that advantage, right? So you, so you must double down on it. And so that's a very simple example, it's just a random one that came to my mind, but the idea is that you start to understand what is it that you've got going for you that you can utilize to the best of your ability. And it's really interesting because across the spectrum, everyone has them. We just don't think about it. But everyone has advantages that you can use to your benefit, right? To your benefit, there is advantages that you can use that are part of the game that you play, right? Which is the game of life. And it got me thinking. And what I realized was you don't become a better or worse player based on the hands that you're given. It's more so based on how you play them. And what I mean by this is, I don't know if you guys have ever played poker, but in poker, you get dealt your cards, you get dealt your hand, and it's purely just luck, right? You either got a good, a good hand or you got potentially a bad hand. And you have no choice in the matter. Life is very, very similar. Right, we were all born and we were all born into this world with a set of conditions and a set of circumstances that are unique to us. Some of us have it bad, some of us have it good, some of us have it better, some of us have it worse. Right? Those are the fundamental indicators that we are born into and we can't do anything about it. Right? We cannot change the hand. If I'm playing poker and I got given this hand, I cannot change it. So what else do I have? Well, I have one option, which is to play. Play the game. 
with the cards that I've got, with the hand that I've been dealt, I have to choose to play the game. And I was talking to someone recently and I was giving them this example, this analogy. And let me give you even more relatable analogy. I'm sure you've heard or played Uno before. Uno is such a fun game. I absolutely love playing Uno with my family. It's, it's always a fun time. And the interesting thing is, how many of you, if you've played Uno before, which might be a more relatable game, if you've played Uno before, how many times or have you ever gotten a hand where you looked at it, right? You've got your cards, you've got your hand, you looked at it and straight away you're like, it's going to be a long day because you've got no good cards, right? You've picked up the hand and you realized, wow, I have got nothing useful to play, right? That's happened to me multiple times. There's been times where I'm playing, you know, and I've got dealt a hand and I'm like, how am I even supposed to win this? And how many of you have carried on playing with the intention of winning, playing with the intention of making the most out of the worst? And how many of you perhaps ended up winning that round with that original hand that you had? Or how many of you managed to not be the loser in that round? Right? It's happened to me where I got dealt a hand that I wouldn't deem necessarily a good hand and I still played with the intention of making sure that I win or I still played with the intention of making sure that I get given at least the best chance possible not being the loser of that round. And I think that is super, super important and sometimes we overlook how much your ability to play is the determining factor in the game as well as in life. And what I mean by this is you are not a better player because of the hand. You are a better player because of how you play it. Think about it. You don't become a great player by playing good hands. It's actually the opposite. You become a great player by playing bad hands. The only way you can learn to become a greater player, a better player, is by playing enough bad hands. That's actually how you become a better player. Because you don't learn as much when you have good hands. Therefore, you don't become that great of a player when you have good hands. But when you have bad hands and you play them, and you play them enough times and you play them well enough, you become a greater player because you learn more from it. And so I was thinking about this recently and I just thought I'd share it with you because in life we all get dealt with circumstances. Some of them are good, some of them are bad and it's not always roses and sunshines. But the outcome that you can make that situation turn into can be a positive outcome. It's just, are you willing to play the game, number one? And number two, are you willing to play it to the best of your ability, regardless of how good or bad your hand is? And that's, I believe, the differentiating factor between the great players and the bad ones, whether that be at poker, uno, or life. Now, let's jump on to today's episode. Today's episode, like I said at the beginning, is to reflect on questions. And so these questions, it doesn't matter if you are in a relationship 
or if you're single. That doesn't matter. Because if you're in a relationship, then you can ask yourself these questions to understand how you feel about the relationship and how you feel about your partner. But if you are not in a relationship and if you're single, you can still use these questions to guide you to when you be in that situation of being with someone, understanding whether you're with them because you truly feel like they are the partner for you or is it for different reasons. So let's begin. Question number one, if someone told you you're a lot like your partner, would this be a compliment to you? Huge one here. If someone told you you're a lot like your partner, would this be a compliment to you? And I think this is an interesting question because if you take that as a compliment, that means that you see a lot of good in your partner that you would not mind being represented, or in this case, representing those same characteristics and qualities that you admire, that you value. That means that you value and admire and respect the qualities and attributes that your partner has, because if you take it as a compliment, that means you're flattered. Like, I know for a fact, for myself, if I am told that I'm a lot like my partner, that would be a huge compliment, like a huge compliment. My partner is amazing. Like she's incredible on every single metric that you could possibly measure when it comes to a partner and when it comes to a great partner, that is. So I'd feel like it's a massive compliment to be told that I'm a lot like my partner. She's so inspirational. She's so exceptional. She's so funny. She's so incredible. Like for me, that's a huge compliment. And so the question that you have to ask yourself is, would you find that to be a compliment? Or would you find it to be more like an insult or a bit more like a, mm, I don't know. I don't really, I don't really feel any way about it. Because that might indicate that you don't really respect or admire or like your partner's attributes and qualities. And if that's the case, then do you truly love your partner and are you truly in that relationship because of who they are today? And that's something that you need to think about. The second question is, are you truly fulfilled or just less lonely? This one's massive. And I'll tell you why. Because the amount of times that I've seen this happen where people getting into relationships and rushing being in relationships because they don't want to be alone. It's ridiculous. And when you ask yourself, are you truly fulfilled or just less lonely? That allows you to understand whether you're in that relationship for the right reasons. Because are you in that relationship because you want to be in a relationship with that partner? Or are you in that relationship because you just don't want to be single? Are you with that partner because you love that partner? Or are you with that partner because you don't want to be without a partner? Are you with them because you love them? 
or are you with them because you love the idea of not being alone? These are very different things. Being with someone because you truly love them and you truly want to be with them is very different from being with them because you love the idea of not being alone, not being single and not being without someone. And the latter is the wrong reasons to be in a relationship. The latter is what leads to divorces and breakups and relationships breaking down and falling apart later. Reassess what you're doing. Because when I ask that same question to myself, I feel so fulfilled in the relationship that I have. I feel so fulfilled. My cup is my cup has always been full, but now my cup is overflowing because I feel very fulfilled with the relationship and the partner that I have. I love my partner. I love her so much. I love her so, so much. And for me, the fulfillment that I have of being in a relationship with the partner that I love is incredible. And that's why I'm with them, because I truly love them. Question number three, are you able to unapologetically be yourself? Or do you feel the needs to show up differently to please your partner? For me, if you are in a relationship where you show up differently just because you're trying to please your partner, you're in the wrong relationship. There is nothing more freeing, there is nothing more liberating than being yourself unapologetically. I feel so free and so, so relieved that I can be my most authentic self, my most authentic version of myself when I'm around my partner. I feel so good and so relieved that I get to be my truest self, my fullest self, unapologetically. And that I don't need to change anything. I don't need to shift. I don't need to try and be more or less. I don't need to try and be different. I just need to be me. And that is such a freeing feeling. Because imagine, imagine you being in a situation where you have to show up differently just to please your partner. You do that long enough and you're going to start building resentment. You're going to start building resentment towards the relationship that you have simply because you feel like you're going to be judged if you're yourself. You feel like you won't be accepted if you're yourself. You feel like you won't be tolerated if you're yourself. But then if that's how you truly feel in the depths of your heart, then why are you in that relationship? Question number four. Are you in love with who your partner is right now as a whole? Let me say that one again. Are you in love with who your partner is right now as a whole? Or are you only in love with their good side, their potential, or the idea of them? This is a very powerful question, so I'm going to ask it again. Are you in love with who your partner is right now as a whole, or are you only in love with their good side, their potential, or the idea of them? 
I think it's so interesting how many people are with their partners for the potential, for the idea of who, could, who they could be, for their good side. It's like you dating someone and you with someone because of who you hope, wish they will be, who you believe they will become. You're in love with the idea of their potential and who they could be, but you're not really in love with who they are right now. And that's sad because you're not in that relationship for the right reasons. And also, you cannot control the outcome of how someone's growth evolves over time. And so for you to be with someone just because of their potential or just because of their good side or the idea of them is a recipe for disaster in a relationship. I am truly in love with my partner right now as a whole, as a whole, fully and truly, generally. And for me, I know that that's reciprocated back from my partner to me. And there's nothing better than that, than loving each other right now as a whole. Because that's us being present. That's us loving each other for who we are, not for the idea of who we could be. So if you're in a relationship and you only love them with their good side, then you don't really love them. When you love someone and you truly love someone, you love them with their good side and their bad side, with their strengths and weaknesses, with their qualities and flaws, with their best attributes and not so good attributes. You love them wholly and fully. So if you're in a relationship where that's not the case, then you don't truly love them. Because love is not a conditional. Love is unconditional. You cannot love someone and put parameters on it. I love you if, I love you when. You can't do that. Because love is an unconditional concept and you cannot just grab love and try and make it into a conditional concept. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Question number five. Would you want your future child to date someone like your partner? And I feel like this question is interesting because if your answer is anything other than definitely yes, then you are definitely not in the right relationship. I would love for my future children to date someone like my partner. I would absolutely love that for them. And that would give me such a sense of relief and happiness because I know that they'll be in the best hands. And if you don't feel that way, then the relationship that you're in is not the relationship that you should be in. I know today I've given you a lot to think about, but I'm hoping these questions are a helpful measure to you to define for yourself if you are in the right relationship and if you truly love your partner. I hope these questions help you. And if you're in a relationship, they should definitely be 
a way to measure that relationship. And if you're not in a relationship, there will definitely be a future measure for a relationship. So I'd keep them in mind. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you so, so much. Thank you so, so much for listening. Hit the follow button, hit the subscribe, leave us a review. Takes a couple of seconds and it means the world for the podcast. Thank you. And if you enjoyed today's episode, then please make sure to listen to the next one to find out what's up and what's next.